Welcome to the Mad Ones. I'm your, my car that is very used to the heat of Florida, sure doesn't like the cold, and now the alarm goes off randomly throughout the night, keeping the whole neighborhood up, host Cam Harless. And with me, as always, is your favorite axe-throwing, dirt-track-racing, hillbilly-loving, Russian-czar-sympathizing, <laughs> orthodox influencer, hostess, Miss Jessica Green. Man, you've got my number, dude. <laughs> that is the best intro yet. I, I really appreciate that shit. Thank I try, you. I, I try so hard. <laughs> So how are you, Jessica? How has the last week been? I'm really good. I, I finally don't have COVID anymore. So yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's it's been interesting not being, you know, on death's door. My husband's boss told him that he was surprised that he made it without a vaccine. And I'm like, <laughs> does he mean you didn't because you didn't die? Like 99% of people don't die. What do you mean? It's like he said he was just surprised. I'm like, okay. Well, I, I tweeted this earlier, but I was thinking of, someone was like, oh, well, you know, I, I tested for COVID yesterday and I had COVID and then today I tested and I didn't have COVID and it made me think of uh, The Walking Dead. And I was like, yeah. you know, in The Walking Dead, they find out that everyone has the virus that turns you into a zombie. And as soon as you die, you come back to life as a zombie. Right. COVID's kind of like that, except instead of, you know, being raised from the dead as a zombie, you just get a bitch ass cold for a week or two. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it was, too. Like, that is an <laughs> accurate description of the COVID-19 virus, <laughs> as, as far as my experience goes. Because I we, we had it in our house and it, it was I was mostly just like irritated. Because I mean, it wasn't it wasn't good, but it wasn't like it wasn't so it wasn't like different than a flu. Like, oh, I had the flu that sucked. I got over it. Like, right. I, I I feel like that maybe it's just Omicron. Maybe, I don't know. But it's like this stuff is so they make it sound like it's the worst thing in the world. But then again, I don't well, have 17 different comorbidities. Right. And you're also not 75 plus. Um, That's true. But I, I will tell people that. um this variant seems to be if you test in your nose, a lot of tests are coming up negative. And then if you test in your throat, you get a positive test. So if you think you have it, try testing your throat because that's how we found out. Because they I just don't think um, we all have it. I think it's all it's in there. I think it's just yeah. there. I think it's just part of life now. And I think in Omicron was the real vaccine. <laughs> that's all I'm going to say. Take me okay. off YouTube. I dare you, Susan. I dare you. <laughs> all right. So. We, we have a show for you. We're not just going to, you know, yap about having COVID last week, both of us. We, you know, but this show is 100% brought to you by the fans and patrons. So hit like, subscribe, and join the Patreon uh, if you want an occasional earlier episode. One of our episodes this month will be an early episode. People who are patrons will be able to watch it live and comment and have their comments up. And, you know, if you don't join, you won't. So, you know. You sucks to suck. Uh, but also we have <laughs> Zoom hangouts when I when I decide to show up um, and you get, you know, my eternal. Um, what's the word? The correct word? Because last time I said gratification and that's not it. Oh. I'm not going to gratify you this time. He wants to gratitude you. I'm going to gratitude <laughs> the hell out of you. Uh, but you could also grab a shirt, a mug, a tank from we're the mad ones dot com slash store to help us. And that, you know, you get to put our logo out there and people get to go what the hell is that that you're wearing and you go mm -hmm. oh well this idiot and jessica talk every week and you should watch it <laughs> so but before you know we need to get I to the told actual... people it's a band like if i wear the <laughs> shirt out and people ask me what it is i tell them it's a band <laughs> i mean it, it, it does kind of look like a band logo right, i feel like right. i've done okay <laughs> but tonight we're joined by one of the boyos a farmer a family man a bird owner a woodworker an American spirit smoking incarnation of the American spirit itself. 
the man with the manliest hands in the game, and he's definitely more rugged than you, Mr. Whip and Spoon. How you doing, Whip? Hey, buddy. Hey, Jess. <laughs> wow, that was quite an intro. Thank you so very much. I try. It's All it's right. like my goal every week is to to get some comment off of a guest on whether or not I did a good job introdu introducing them. <laughs> I also but, haven't had any alcohol in a month, and I just had a little bit of the Buffalo Trace. So I'm in a good place. I'm in a good, I've lost like 25 pounds. I don't know if you can tell in my face, but I've lost like 25 pounds since the end of last year. <laughs> to be fair, you have this gigantic beard. Yeah, but I, but like my wife was like, oh, have you lost? She's like, I can see more of your cheekbones. And I'm like, okay, okay. well, yeah, they exist. There's also a cleft under here that you'll never see. Oh. Baby, saw... does this bourbon make my face look fat? <laughs> I saw a lady with a cleft chin the other day, and I thought that that was such a strange feature in a woman. I've never mm. seen a woman with a cleft chin before. I don't know if you guys have. I mean, I mean my, I my daughter has a little bit of one, but it's not oh, like okay. deep or anything. But, you know, they get them, they get them from us, from us cleft chinned men. Oh, okay, I get it. I didn't tell her that. I wasn't like, how odd. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. So, Whip. Uh, yes, one sir. thing I, I I joked today that um, podcasts are just to talk about Twitter when you're not on Twitter, yeah. and so mm -hmm. I I do want to start there because that's where we met. I met you it was on sure. in a Twitter group chat, and it's I think the best Twitter group chat in on Twitter because we don't invite everyone in. Only every now and then there's an addition. Jessica got invited I think at the end of last year. Like I don't it's, know it took how. it took by. She she guilted me like a woman does. <laughs> and so and I, put, I, I put her in the group chat. <laughs> if we were really podcast partners, I'd be in your group chat. That so didn't happen. I thought it was only I thought it was only dudes in there. And so I was really surprised. He just added me one day and it was like, um, do I belong in here? What was am I gonna what, am I gonna see sausage? And was, I did yes. immediately yeah. see sausage. Yeah. Well, it's not sausage. It's usually whips balls. It's usually balls. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so it's, like, balls. it's like the potatoes, right? Yeah. It's, well, the, what's it's funny the mash to the banger. Yeah. Is uh, up until like the last several months, most people in that chat didn't have their real names. It was just like I was the guy with the name and everyone else had uh, different pseudonyms, monikers. Um, and so he's like, my wife would be like, who are you talking to? And I'm like, oh, I'm talking to Whip. I'm talking to Mustard. I'm talking to Pizza. And it's like, these are not human names. <laughs> are you fucking hungry or on a social media app? What's going on here? <laughs> and who is Whip? And what does Whip and Spoon mean? Is this a sex thing? <laughs> it actually is. It actually not 100% was. that. That's where the name came from. Um, you want to start there? Let's start there. Start yeah. Where that came from? Okay, because uh, I know your real monikers. name now. I won't. I won't. I won't. I won't share that. But I. I know your actual name. Thanks, buddy. It's point of pride. Point of pride. Every time I learn someone's name. Appreciate it. <laughs> I appreciate you. Uh, really. Um, so let's see. Uh, I was. Ooh, this was like four or five years ago, maybe. Maybe six years ago at the outside, I was just coming off my last stint of being homeless. Um, I was learning how to cultivate psilocybin for uh, fun, profit, and uh, also conveniently some mental health. Um, surprise, surprise, being homeless and then 
trying to, you know, while working 90 hours a week, two different jobs, still living out of your car will add a bit of depression to a man's life. So if you talk to a doctor about that, that doctor is going to tell you that there is a pill that will fix you. And yeah. he is probably lying and being told to pay you that. Yeah. I don't talk know. Talk to uh, Chris about that. Exactly. Yeah. So like, man, that dude was like, all right, you got a bit of a temper, got some depression. We're going to start you on this 10 milligrams of this generic for Prilosec. No big deal. Just a, It's a heartburn medicine, isn't it? Just a... Oh, did I say Prilosec? Uh, Prozac? Prozac. Prozac. That's the one. Yeah. That's the one. Because I live off Prilosec. You should get the fuck off of Prilosec because it will give you osteoporosis. And also, it is inhibiting almost all of your mineral uptake. Well, he, okay. It's actually Omeprazole. I don't know if that's Prilosec or not. All I know no, it is, is. I am a, I'm a chunky boy. And Omeprazole. I have what's called a GERD. And uh, oh. <laughs> so I get I get a lot of the the heartburn like constantly. So it's like if I don't have that, that's why I'm losing the weight right now. Is because when I don't when I when I not fat, I know have heartburn. So can we put a pin? Can we yes, put a pin in that in the Prilosec? Because we will literally yeah. come back to Prilosec from okay. Prozac. I'm gonna okay. fact check that. Go ahead. Fact check my Prilosec Prozac. <laughs> so this dude's like, here, we're gonna give you ten milligrams of Prozac. And it's going to lengthen your fuse because you've got a bit of a temper. Well, motherfucker, five TBIs will do that to you. So about six months later, I was on a much greater dose and was feeling completely suicidal. Nothing worked. Nothing, nothing I did made a fucking bit of difference. So I quit taking them. And then... I went on a date and uh, this chick and I hit it off and she taught me how to grow mushrooms. And I did that for about a year and microdosing every day, taking a little bit now and then being off all of the depression meds, smoking a ton of reefer <laughs> and doing odd jobs. Yeah. Took about 11 months of that. My head went back to a place where I could be Closer present? to the closer to the present, yes, but also closer to the the man I used to think I was hmm. mm -hmm. before before whatever you know before yeah. addiction and depression and all sorts of shit. Right. So like, and then so I did that for about a year, and then I laid off of those, and then she and I didn't work out, and I got a job, but I got my own apartment. I got a job, like another job, and. Um, Things were going pretty good. And I was like, dude, what, you know, what am I going to do? I, I got to make more money than I'm making. Yeah. Um, so like, right. <laughs> Tell me about it. So I tried a side hustle and um, I had always done woodworking. Like my grandpa taught me how to run a lathe and just how to work wood at like age eight and nine. And I've been doing mm -hmm. it since then. Um, but at the time I was in North Carolina and I didn't have any tools. So I bought a, uh, a thing called a, a, a pocket jack made by an American company. Uh, fuck, I forget their name. Anyway, super nice company. There's a great company that make great knives. Um, and FlexCut, that's the name, FlexCut. Anyway, so like I started carving spoons and I started working leather and I was trying to figure out how to sell spoons and fucking... <laughs> 
leather belts and wallets and bags and shit on Instagram. And I was like, well, what do you call yourself? And my ex-girlfriend was like, well, if you made some of those belts into spanky type things and maybe some of those <laughs> spoons were paddles, you could call yourself the whip and spoon for people who like things like that. Mm. Um, yeah. Um, and it worked okay. I made a little money. Um, I made a few things that I'm really proud of. And uh, I also also severed the nerve in this finger right here. Oh man! Yeah, I clipped it with a wood gouge, and uh, pretty sure I clipped the nerve in that finger the other day. Uh, yeah, that was a deep one. I remember that. Oh, no. did you get stitches? <laughs> yeah, I got two, but like the tip of my the, my fingertip, mm -hmm. numb. Is Nothing. it? Yeah, numb. Nothing there. It'll come back eventually, um, and it'll be tingly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it'll and suck. Itchy. And itchy. It'll oh, suck. this thing right, right all right here is itchy right now. Just. <clears throat> But yeah, when nerves <laughs> when nerves grow back though you get like um internal itching that you yeah. can't scratch it's maddening i, I know yeah. all about that yeah well that's that's kind of like with tattoos because you get the itching from the inter because it's healing on the inside yep and like you can't and you, you can't scratch it for more than one reason first because you can't get to it secondly like you don't want to because you don't want to screw it up but like yeah. i i get the internal itch it's a mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but i'm i want more tattoos anyway <laughs> nerve itching has been a big part of my life ever since um the summer between sophomore year and junior year in high school i was uh went up to a church camp um with my cousin and mm -hmm. we were coming home from the church camp about five miles from home she swerves off the road and hits a mailbox post and you know those country mailbox posts it's got like 17 fucking mailboxes on a two by eight yeah, yeah. it's yeah. one of those and it came up through the windshield and hit me in the face <clears throat> and split my face. So like, um, I ended up getting like 500 stitches in my face Wow! and uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and, um, so then for years, girlfriends would love to go Bink! and my face would go <laughs> just like your finger, just like your yeah. fucking finger, yeah. man. That, that whole nerve just across. My oh, that finally died down. God bless. <laughs> yeah. So you, you you were making uh, sexy spoons and uh, whips and stuff, which, by the way, I do know something about this because I used to work at a leather store mm -hmm. and like and so we had our daytime people who were making bags and stuff like that. And then we had leather let the leather shop after dark. I can't tell you how many times like some people that just gave me the freaking like skeeved me out would come in and be like, Hey, how, how do you do this? And I'm like, I can tell you everything to do to, cause I teach classes on how to, how to do construction and stuff like that. Sure. I, like, I can teach you all these parts, but I cannot tell you specifically how to do that thing that goes up your butt. Like I just, I have no, I've got no, no history with things in my butt. So I can't, I can't help you with that particular thing, but I'm going to guess glue. <laughs> <laughs> Don't put leather things up your butt. It's impossible <laughs> to clean leather. You'll never get it out of the leather. Well, it wasn't dude. typically it, it wasn't typically the leather part that was going in. It was some sort of metal or plastic thing that was connected to a tail or so, Yeah, I follow Spider Mommy on Instagram. I, I I get the picture. Yeah. Yeah. But right. I, 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 I surprisingly have Twitter, like some some history with that in particular. But it's it's outside history. 
mm-hmm. please don't tell me what you're doing. I don't want to know. I don't want to know who your partner is. Please just leave, leave me out of that part of it for the love. So you found yourself carving spoons. <laughs> <laughs> Jessica's like, please stop talking about butt stuff. Please and that's where the name stuff. came from. You know? <laughs> right. So, okay. So then when that's I came awesome. to Twitter, I was on my, uh, my first account and then that got nuked. And I was on my second account which I think I just named Whip and Spoon because I somehow linked it to my Instagram or some bullshit and then that got nuked in anyway. I'm on my fifth now, so whatever. VPNs and voice wow. phones are fun. Also, I need to talk less shit on Twitter sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, Maybe I take it easy hooked- a little bit. We got hooked up on Twitter and it had been a couple of months went by before I saw any evidence of actual spoons having to do anything with you. And you showed this wooden spoon that you had carved. And I said, no shit. He actually whipped a spoon up. Like, that's awesome. <laughs> like, even, remember, I showed my husband in bed. He's like, what's that? And I was like, he whipped up a spoon. He's like, oh, that tracks. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's awesome. Um, I just bought my husband a bunch of old school wor- woodworking tools for um, his birthday. He's getting into primitive bow making. Oh, so my I, God. I, bottom that thing with the two handles that shaves and all the various stuff <laughs> i don't know i i know eventually we're gonna have to make a run to get stitches is what i know <laughs> so there's somewhere here on my workbench i may have it there's a thing that comes with all of the flex cut tools no i don't it's a yellow and red uh band-aid holder <laughs> and it says oh, okay enjoy the time-honored tradition of woodworking and um frankly the time-honored tradition of woodworking is putting fucking band-aids on your hands <laughs> <Yes>. okay <laughs> <laughs> so i should get him a first aid kit to keep down in the garage with him yeah yes yeah <laughs> yeah no for sure uh super glue uh was developed as uh portable stitches for the battlefield okay so okay. super glue and band-aids you're fine that's all you need okay you're good my wife won't let me use super glue for my because i would have glued this what about liquid likely. skin even liquid that's skin? not the same thing though it's not the same thing but no i but... think it's actually better for you it's probably less toxic that cryano right. or whatever the fuck is in super glue isn't super awesome for your fucking body right yeah, right but... But that's the thing, like I have uh, leather working is the same way because I, you know, I've done some leather working and it's amazing how people are like, oh, you can't cut towards you. And it's like, bitch, I, I can't cut away from me on a table when I'm cutting a big piece of leather. Like it, I, I have to do some scoring and I, I was scoring one time and it slipped and it cut, cut my knee. Mm. I had, a, I had a, a hole this big on my knee and it cut right through my jeans and my wife is like, you need stitches. And I'm like, no, I just need some butterfly band-aids. I'll be good. <laughs> and that's how I do. Like, the only reason I actually did go in for this is because I couldn't hold this together. Like, I needed yeah. I needed, I needed, to sew it. And I can't, I don't have that. I mean, I, I can well, sew. Isn't the but... deal with cutting that when you're cutting toward yourself, you have more control than when you're cutting away from yourself? Oh, yeah. Because I, I know, too. like, with, with um, drawing, when you're painting... Or drawing mm-hmm. when you're making a lot than pushing pulling lines. is yeah. yeah. So I would imagine with cutting it's the same way. Yeah. No, I'm it is for sure. Bring my limited um experience into the conversation somehow. <laughs> no, you're you're one hundred percent on point right. uh with those sure. things. And and there is a correlation for the the hand the hand and the eye 
that that drawing and painting will impart Mm -hmm. to you that does then then translate to woodworking and leatherworking, all sorts of different things. Um, You know, like we live completely in the past. It's it's impossible for us to live in the present. Our consciousness only sees what just happened. Mm. Um, So like the that flow state that you'll find when you're painting, when you're drawing, when you're woodworking, leatherworking, when you anything where you can disconnect um, that allows you then to be more in the moment. Yeah. Like actually in that moment. Um, and, and just, just letting the, the firing here, make this happen, make a fucking line happen. You can see the curve as it happens, but you may not see it before it happens. Right. You know, like those moments are kind of a form of time travel, allowing us to be actually in the moment that we're in. Yeah. Rather than always in the last moment that happened. Man, mm-hmm. well, and, and that's, it's like if a, that's all the time travel I ever get, fuck, that's I'm good, dude. That's great. Well, and I know it's, it's it's such a such a simple thing, but it's like when I was doing leather and I was doing con- construction, you know, I would be doing the I forget the name of the knot, the the sewing method now, but I would be throwing two, um, mm-hmm. the two needles, two needles in at the same time, mm-hmm. and it was like it was like I was in the future because I wasn't thinking about what happened, I was thinking about where I'm going. And there's yeah. there, I mean, sure. even though it's simple and it's kind of like almost brain dead in a sense, because you're just doing yep. an action. It was, it's like, there was that moment where my, my hands, even though they hurt afterwards, they didn't hurt in that moment because I was mm-hmm. going and creating. And, yeah. I, and that's happens with, um, when I'm making video stuff and when I'm writing, sure. like when I'm writing, that's a big one. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm not thinking about, Oh, well, did this sentence sound good? I'm like in this moment of, crafting something in the future that I haven't gotten to mm-hmm. yet. I'm like the, the typing is only mechanical because my brain is ahead of me. Yeah. Sure. That's what I was going to say and is that flow that. state for me, at least flow state is dependent on muscle memory. So like I can't achieve it when I'm trying to learn a new technique, but when I've practiced that technique a hundred times, something sort of innate in my muscles takes over and just does it sort of without my brain commanding it to do that. And that is such a coveted state of relaxation. Like there's mm-hmm. nothing that compares to being in creative flow state. And it's hard to describe it to people, but um, when, you, when, when you know, because you do a creative activity, there's just nothing like it. And the only thing that I would say is kind of similar, and it, it's what makes it hard for me to read at times, or listen to someone speak is because I, I hear something and then I start formulating my own thoughts and trying to figure things out. Mm. And then I have to stop and I have to go back and go, okay, so what did they say? What did, what was, what was I just reading? Because there's that <laughs> yeah. moment of like learning just by thinking rather than learning by being told. That's just yeah. this beautiful little moment that I love, but it's like a pain in the ass when I'm trying to learn like actual information. Like I'm, <laughs> I just finally finished that book on the resurrection. Um, what's the, what was the name of it? Uh, Surprised by hope. And now I'm reading a book called, which by the way, I think that this is interesting probably for our audience. I'll ask you what you're reading next, Jessica. And if you're reading anything, I don't know if you're much of a reader, but I'm reading uh, how to read the Bible for all it's worth. And so I, that's what I just started last night. So I'm excited about that because it's about genre and it's about how to read these different books and what they, you know, I'm excited about it. Um, but I love it because I, st- I, I read a sentence about how to read something 
And then my brain goes to all of those moments I didn't understand before. And I start make, making hmm. connections. And I'm like, oh, this is like Nirvana to me. Yeah. <laughs> Are you reading anything right now? Uh, no. No. Well, <laughs> yes, I am. I am actually reading a book by Brian Sanderson. It's like three or Brandon four Sanderson? books. Brandon Sanderson? Yeah, yeah. The dude that yeah, finished uh, the Fantasy Wheel of Time guy? series for Jordan. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's like three or four books, five books deep in his Mistborn series. And I picked it up at the airport and started it. I'm halfway through it. It's sitting on my fucking dresser and I just haven't finished it. But I love the dude's work. And I just, I used to read a lot of things concurrently and then my yeah. phone happened. So now I read one thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had, um, Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was just gonna say the I the book that I mentioned. Uh, uh, Carl got excited because he knew, he knew what I was talking about. It was a book that I read the second edition of in college, and I decided I wanted to read because it's it's gone through two editions. It's in the fourth edition now, and I decided I wanted to read it again with fresh eyes and remember things. So I just wanted to mention, hey, Carl, I see you. Um, but you, are you <laughs> reading anything, Jessica? <laughs> Um, I just finished reading a book called The Song of Achilles by Madeline Miller. Um, she wrote um, a book called Circe. She does uh, historic fiction. So mm. this was set during the Iliad, the Trojan War, and it's about the relationship between uh, Achilles and um, his second-in-command Patroclus. And so the 2004 movie version of Troy artlessly <laughs> explained that Patroclus or Patroclus I'm sorry was Achilles younger cousin well he wasn't his younger cousin he was his companion um they slept in the same tent was he his butt boy you can make of that what you will I would call them I would call them more than lovers because your your lover and your wife pederasty have separate lives she does her thing you do your thing when you're together in battle you do every single act that your lives depend on together and your lovers it's like more than that so um it's definitely not for people who are like uncomfortable with the idea of uh, homosexual romance <laughs> but it's ancient I, greece like it is what it is you know i um, would get nothing out of it <laughs> it was really good i I really enjoyed it and I cried my eyes out at the end. So I definitely recommend that book. And then um, I'm moving on from that to read um, Thinking Orthodoxy, which is um, by Dr. John uh, Jeannie Constantino. I have a really ambitious um, Goodreads goal this year to read 50 books. And um, because, because I have ac an actual glasses, I have a proper glasses prescription now. My my, I didn't get my glasses changed for like five years, and so I couldn't read because my eyes would get really weak, and I wouldn't be able to like read words on a page. Now that I have new glasses, I can actually read, and I am tearing through books right now. So I'm catching up on what I've been missing, and um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to hitting that goal because I've been out of the game for a while, and I'm a reader. Like I love reading, so I'm just really glad I could actually get glasses that work, and I can see now. So. Are you nearsighted yeah. or farsighted? I have an astigmatism. Mm. So um, I am slowly going from one Just to the other. Football shaped eyeballs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I started as one. And then now that I'm sort of like in the peak of my adulthood, um, it's evened out. And then I will shift toward the other as I age. 
Sure. So yeah, it's um I can't see basically. <laughs> Dude, yeah. I went super fucking nearsighted in like the second grade. Like yeah. for, for negative six and one, like negative six and oh, a half damn. and one and negative five in the other. Like yeah. Coke bottle fucking lenses. And I've worn glasses since the second grade. I tried yeah. some contacts for a little while, and I too have a big old eye with an astigmatism and a flat spot. And if yep. I blink wrong, that fucking contact is just gone. Goodbye. Oh. Goodbye forever. <laughs> so when I was born, one of my eyes sat in the middle. Mm-hmm. And so I, I was a baby with glasses. My and they had to be that. they had to be strapped onto my head because Those a baby won't wear glasses. So dumb. <laughs> it was 100% bad. hundred percent my that my little brother had that. Holy crap. Yeah. So um, but luckily I also had to wear an eye patch. Um, when all of the pictures of me from like two and three years old are of me wearing an eye patch. You're like little baby Dan Crenshaw. Yeah, little baby Dan Crenshaw. Um, We know why he wears. But that actually fixed. But that actually fixed it, and it stop it. (laughs) It actually fixed. It fixed it. Yeah. So wearing the eye patch made my other eye move um, to where it was supposed to be, and. now I just have to wear glasses, but eventually, so um, throughout the history of the women in my family on my mother's side, um, like three back, except for my mother have lost their left eye. And so eventually I may have to wear an eye patch and I have decided if it comes to that, I'm going to embrace it and wear extravagant eye patches, rhinestones, feathers, matching my outfit, leather ones just whatever you know like what really getting into one? it yeah oh, you you're more of a leather worker than i am <laughs> i'll wear a wood one <laughs> like whatever <laughs> <laughs> i just want people to be like look at that fucking eye patch that's cool as shit and you know instead well, you... of you know those people who they put the band-aid over it and it's like <laughs> yeah. weird yeah. It's just that's long. not going to be me. Yeah. Now, I would be that guy who'd be like, you're going to have to see this. And I'd keep my eye open all the time. <laughs> like prop and it open. You have to look at the Yeah. Like have a stick just right. Like, oh. You're going to see this. Just wear glasses with a fake eye printed on one lens right. and then lift your glasses. <laughs> like, can you tell? <laughs> I don't know. What, does you, it look weird? When you move the other one around, I, I suppose I could tell a little bit. Well, your story took a tragic turn there that you're going to eventually be fucking blind again. I was already like halfway through the story. I was like, I can't wait to be like, oh, now she's getting blind again. Going to have to wear an eye patch. And then that's where the story went. And now I feel like an asshole for even thinking it. (laughs) No, you know, I heard that early on and I used to really fear it when I was younger. And then I thought, well, if, you know, if that's something that's going to happen, my fearing it is not stopping it. So I've decided that if it does happen, I'm going to embrace it. You got to just roll with the punches, man, and be grateful for the eye you got. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You're going to look more like fat Thor than I do. Wow. Thanks. (laughs) So wait, you wanted to talk about Prilosec? I'm I'm curious about this now. Okay. So like it is, it is a mesoprol. Omeziprol, see? Yes. That's yes. the generic name for Prilosec. So yeah. the thing about Prilosec, and I was on Prilosec for like, oh man, I started, I got put on it on when it was on prescription by my doctor in my early 20s. Dude. Let me right? just real, real quick. Note, when they, when there was a prescription of it that I had, I gained weight like 
a mother. Like I, I, I blew like up the first woman? time. Yeah. Like I went, I went from <laughs> around 190 pounds to 240. Damn. And I couldn't breathe. Whoa. Now it's fine. I think they've done some better stuff in the last 10 years. But like I blew up like a balloon. The first so, one that came out was called Nexium. And it was, uh, yeah. I think it was Esomeprazole. Like E-S-O-Meprazole. Yeah. And then they updated it to Omeprazole when it went generic. And so like I got put on that first prescription. And I didn't get off of it until about six years ago when I was doing like growing shrooms and stuff because like I would try to get off of it, Cam, and I would, I would get horrible, like indigest, yeah. like, Oh, it's the worst, the worst thing. And I would aspirate it. Oof. Yeah. Me too, bud. That's what, it's, yeah. Oh, it's God. Do you have to sleep on one side? Yeah. My sometimes? left side. Yep. 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 Me too, buddy. Welcome to the club. Same thing still happens. However, it took me almost six months to titrate down off of Prilosec right. because you have to like cut your dose by X and then um, for X period of time. And then you have to do it again. But in that next dose cutting, you have to, or what I did was uh, supplement with famotidine. Um, yeah. Which they, is they don't sell that anymore. Famotidine and uh, like a bunch of other ones are off the market. Cause I got off of them on my Prozole. <laughs> Because apparently it causes guys, cancer. Yeah, it causes fucking cancer. And also he, you are uptaking zero minerals while you're on it. It completely cuts yeah. your body's ability. Like you're you're just not getting nutrition from your food like you should. Period. But the FDA approved it, you guys. It's safe, right? <laughs> you guys remember when the FDA just like was it this year or last year? Fuck you, Dusty. All right. Can we address the audience for like two seconds here? These fucking <laughs> I wouldn't, savages. but if you need to. Just for a oh, moment. Way, All right. I want to go back to, to, to I do, Manger. I do want to say he did he did put up on on Twitter that at some point in this episode, he's going to say a, a secret phrase. And whoever DMs him at Unwhipped Spoon on Twitter first gets two NFTs. Yes. yes. So... If you're listening, wait for him to wait for that. Look for that because he's going to say a secret phrase. And if you get it, you, you get some NFTs. Yeah, we'll get there. Okay. We'll get there. We'll get there. So the um, anyway, so first thing Carl. I saw Carl about the dovetail joint. Carl, nobody's making dovetail joints. Anybody that we're just using biscuit joiners. You can buy a machine at Home Depot. It cuts a little thing. It sticks a biscuit in it. You slap a little glue. You're good. A dovetail joint is Frankly, for the Amish or the Mennonites, <laughs> buddy. <laughs> so. Dovetail joints are for the Amish. Yeah, um, dovetail joints are for pacifists, and that is where Car Carl Manger is. So that he—that's why he's asking. Fair, because he's—he's—he's he's, he's Amish adjacent. Adjacent. I've never actually made a dovetail joint in my life, though I probably should. <laughs> um, as for Dusty, man, I'm—I'm I'm trying. Well, I don't know what you want. I'm not smoking any faster. He wants four. It's not going to happen. We're not doing a meme. <laughs> we're just living life because we're people and not memes. <laughs> so, you dude, you got to get off Rylasek. I don't know how you got to do it, but you got to talk to your doctor. And well, this is not financial though, advice. Like I've, I've, um, like I said, I've lost about 25 pounds in the last month and a half. I'm hoping to keep that going down to a good weight. Because mm -hmm. I did not have heartburn 
when I was when I weighed less. Mm. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is about it, but if I can get down to my goal, I'll be fine. But I'm I not recommend... going to stop before then because I'll I'll, I'll kill myself. <laughs> Whip, I will kill myself with that heartburn. <laughs> some I'll of do some research. Effects, some <laughs> of these side effects that they list for this drug are effed up. One hundred percent. Yeah, the bleeding or crusting sores on the lips, blisters, bloody urine. I mean, it's basically like getting the clap. Dude, <laughs> like, I was on um, what what was the doxycycline last week? Yeah, and it was murdering me. It's yeah, that's right. You 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 are not the only person I've heard of recently having a bad reaction to antibiotics lately, too. Like if you Google I, doxycycline side effects. One of the big hits that you'll see over and over again is about how doxycycline ruined my life. Wow. You know, I had I had to take that last year when I had an ear infection and um, it caused me severe stomach pain. Do you know like, it's not even like an antibiotic? It doesn't kill the bacteria in your body. It stops it from growing so that your body can take care of you. That's so the idea of doxycycline. It's it like an inhibitor. <laughs> replication. Yeah. But it doesn't no. kill it. And so your body has to do it. So you're, it's not like one of the um, antibiotics that like just takes out your gut flora and kills everything in there. Yeah. It stops it from growing and it's like, hey, body, do your job. But it, oh, it wrecked me. Like I was, I had vertigo every day. Like I couldn't, we, I had to uh, cancel our last um, Bible study because Bible I, study. I mm -hmm. was going to throw up if I didn't lay down. That's not, wow. that's not optimal. It's not. It's suboptimal, even. Yeah. <laughs> it's far, far below desired. There's a lot of articles, too, when you type in, like, doxycycline um, side effects. There's a lot of mental health side effects, too. Oh, yeah. One of them is suicidality. It makes you want to kill yourself. Suicidal ideations? Yeah. Whoa. So, like, Whoa. I was... And so it's so funny because, like, at the beginning of this week... We were supposed to have a patron hangout, and I just completely mm -hmm. forgot that it existed because I was down. I had the, I was blue, and I was like, I hope this doesn't have to do with that, but I'm glad that I got off of it regardless. Yeah, Dude, heart, sure. heart palpitations, stomach trouble, trouble sleeping, suicidal ideation. <laughs> it's like, damn, I'd rather have the ear infection, to be honest. <laughs> Holy fuck. <laughs> so many of the things I was told by everyone that I trusted to tell me things mm -hmm. have just proven to be bunk and wives tales. And yeah. it's happened like over the past few years, like, Oh no, that's not reality at all. Who told you that? Right. Good Lord. I think the last two years, I mean, I, I, I know it's been going on for a long time now. It's, but I, I would say, especially over the last two years, I've noticed this whole thing about sort of the veil is being pe peeled back on a lot of what we assumed to be established, trustworthy types of ideas. And it's not like a slow burn where you slowly learn over time that these things are not correct. It's like all of the sudden somebody ripped the veil away and you just see the sort of screaming hellscape of falseness that has been promulgated on us since we were children and it's like wow i can't trust my doctors i can't trust my teachers i can't trust <laughs> anybody who i thought might have actually like given a shit about 
who I am and how I turned out. And <laughs> that's it's rough. Did you Go see ahead. that guy on Twitter the other day when I had said something about I don't trust doctors as much as I used to? And he kept asking me the same question. And so for like a day, all of my tweets were almost all of my tweets were Riddler gifts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I do remember that. <laughs> That's yeah. my whole timeline. Riddler. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's not Dude, it's not and... it's not just COVID narrative either. It's like no. way more than that. It's other no. things too. It's way. It's a ton of other things. Oh my God. I'm I'm supposed to ignore the fact that I've seen video with my own eyes of our president talking about weird deals with Ukrainian companies and you're not getting fucking foreign aid, Jack. And yep. well, son of a gun, what do you know? You know? He blah blah blah. The dude, like, you're on camera doing it. Yeah. You're on camera. And I'm told that that little dog didn't just yank that curtain aside dude i saw that dog yank that curtain mm -hmm. and now i'm being told that we're going to war for natural resources in a country check these fucking notes that literally was the country that motherfucker was on stage talking shit about yeah i mean it's and then i'm told that what I fucking saw wasn't what I saw. And it's not just that, dude, man. It's like, oh, it's fucking everything. It's everything. Yep. yep. Well, and what's what's wild, and I like you live in California huh. and you're an almond farmer, which by the way, I'd love to talk about how you started being an almond farmer. Uh, but yeah. you live in like the maybe one of the least one of the states that believes in freedom the least. Like, the least like California and New York are both. They don't like freedom. They don't like guns. I feel sorry for you because you can't own what I can own. And it's that's that's a huge bummer. Um, it is a huge bummer. I don't own a single firearm cam. And that is a damn shame. Not one. Gosh, I just have a bunch of pocket knives. <laughs> and some of those I doubt are legal. <laughs> some of those never leave the house because they are probably not California legal. And I won't be caught on the fucking streets pulling the charge because... You know, if there's one thing that being addicted can teach you and then not being addicted, it's that you can catch a charge and you don't have to be high. And there are people who make laws and keep making laws and stack laws on top of those other laws. And there are so many of them that every single one of us are probably felons. Yeah. yeah. If someone looked hard enough. Well, I mean, if you piss someone off, they're going to be a felon. Yeah. But it's like you yeah. live in, you live in California which, which I, I understand kind of where you are in some ways because, you know, you've talked about how I that you love the land, you love being in California for that, but you hate all of the laws and all the stupid nonsense. And it's like, that's how I feel like I'm like I'm in Florida right now, which is great. We have some some good stuff going on here, but I love Alabama. Like I you can think that I'm stupid for it's this. Beautiful. But my God, I love that state. I want to live it's in beautiful. that state. It's beautiful. And I but I don't want to live necessarily with these stupid laws and these stupid people. And so it's like, it's really hard. It's, but I understand in a sense that you're living in this place where it's like, you want to be able to own a 30 round magazine, but you also love being where you are. So but how did you get there? Because you said you were in North Carolina. Are you originally from North Carolina? Or are you from California? No, I'm a fourth generation Californian. Uh, my great, great grandpa, um, he he was married and 
he and the kids and his wife, his wife had tuberculosis and they were back in Pennsylvania, Deutsch country um, because we are German descent for the most part. Uh, so his wife had tuberculosis. She was a lunger. So they got on a railroad train and went to the end of the line, which was Kansas city. And they got off that train and they started a farm hmm. and then she died. So he married the nanny and moved to Texas. <laughs> like you do. Like you do, which is where a little bit of the English comes into uh, my father's side of the family because the nanny was English, apparently. Um, okay. So they moved to Texas. They were there for a little bit, and then they moved to California. Um, the lady boy situation in California is top notch. But we started this fucking game. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> People come from Thailand to here to do that thing. You know what you're talking about. So, great great grandpa and the nanny moved down to Whittier, California, and they started a farm. Uh, my great grandpa was born shortly after they arrived here. Uh, I think he was probably conceived in Texas, to be honest. And um, then he had, so my great grandpa had three sons and they grew uh, oranges and walnuts and avocados down in Whittier, California. And then in uh, late 30s, 37 or so, 36 or 37, they moved up to uh, my grandpa and his three brothers, or two brothers, sorry, all three of them, moved from Southern California here up to the Central Valley. And um, they kind of just spaced out their ranches roughly, you know, they're all about half an hour apart. So they're not up in each other's business, which is about the right distance for brothers to be from each other. Yeah. You can get to them, um, but you don't have to see them every minute. Mm. It's kind of how that worked out. Plus they all had big families. Grandma and grandpa had seven kids. So then dad was the first boy and he had five older sisters and then he had a younger wow. brother. Yeah. Yeah. They, uh, they were German Baptist and the German Baptist, uh, ethos traditionally is to be, you know, a man should be in the world because you were put here by our creator, but a man should not be of the world. You know, you don't need a bunch of technological advancements. You don't need vanity things. You sh probably shouldn't have a fucking television. You know, my grandpa, um, for my whole life, my grandpa drove four-door Mercedes station wagons. And what he would do is he would get one that grandma could drive and it was new. And then the old one became the work station wagon. And he would line the trunk with shaker pads so he could throw muddy, greasy shit in the back of this Mercedes and just do whatever he needed. Mm -hmm. He had a shovel that he cut the handle down. It fit right in there. Everything was great. And his theory was buy quality and you only buy it once. Yeah. Um, you know, so... It works right. out. Um, and he's a notorious or was a notorious cheapskate. Just uh, just the cheapest dude. Holy <laughs> shit. Unless he wanted something and then it really didn't matter what it cost and he would justify it. <laughs> it's fair, I guess. Right. Um, so anyway, so everybody called him the governor because he just kind of kind of ran ran that big old roost. Seven kids and grandma and animals and every other thing. And then, you know, dad was born here in this town and he went to high school and met my mom and 
Um, he grew a mustache, which was <laughs> kind of a thing that German Baptist men don't do. <laughs> um, wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the the whole the full beard with no mustache. That's it's got some religious significance. Okay. I think is how they kind of justified it at first. All I know is that my grandma Miller looked at a guy that we hired once to work on our ranch. And this guy was, he was pretty whiskey tango, y'all. He was about as trailer park white trash to come. And this guy, he, he had a gunslinger mustache, you know, just like, just the long. And my grandma, that mustache bothered her until the day she fucking died. And that guy hadn't worked for us for 20 fucking years. And she would still, you know, Bert's mustache really bothered me. <laughs> oh, that's so, that's a wholesome wholesome tale, to be honest. Sure, sure. I, I one time Googled why the hell Amish people don't have mustaches. And what I read, grain of salt, obviously, sure. was that um, the rich people and like the politicians would would have a mustache at that point, and it was a sign of elitism. And mm. so that is why that started being shaved off was because they didn't want to look like the elites and the politicians. And I found that interesting. But I will tell you, like, I have a pretty strong mustache, but my wife would straight up murder me if I shaved down to it because she's like, she's a full-on beard woman. Like, if I if I pretend to shave, she starts drawing up divorce papers. <laughs> Fair. Fair. Wow. You like, know, I, um, I, go ahead. I was just going to say, I... Actually, I don't grow a beard because I'm patchy because my face got put back together. So yeah. I get some weird patchy spots and it's just, you know, doesn't work I for me. I think I would look so hilarious with a beard, with a mustache, though. I, I think, think I, I would kill I would, it. I would I would giggle at myself in the mirror. I, I swear to God. I, I would I would want you to do mutton chops where your uh, sideburns connected to your mustache. 100 percent. I've done that before. When I, I'll, I'll see if I can find the picture, but it was when I couldn't really grow like strong. I did it right. one time and it, it was <laughs> hilarious. And I just know, God, it would be so funny at this point if I did that. That's interesting. Can, the uh, um, mustache being removed to distinguish yourself away from the elitists. Cause that yeah. kind of reminds me of um, like during the French revolution, the people who didn't have the short breeches, like short breeches were a sign of the rich people. And so they called themselves sans culottes. Culottes right. meant breeches. Mm -hmm. And so they were, they were the people who were the revolutionaries were basically called the pantsless. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I just always thought that that was kind of funny. So we are the pantsless. Yeah. I'm like, I, I don't know if that's an image you want to sell, but all right, bro. Like, <laughs> they, you know, the French have a certain je ne sais quoi to everything they do, really, and I, I don't know what it is. I'm just uh, happy that when I did the the ancestry thing, that French didn't explicitly come up on my on my totals. Oh, holy, fuck. <laughs> holy fuck! I've never What's done fun? the ancestry thing. I won't. I won't. I find I it interesting. I find it interesting. I know that they're probably going to give my DNA to the federal government, whatever. They are the federal just, government. Well, it's it's the Mormons. So, like, really what I'm most worried about is them, uh, you know, baptizing dead people in my name. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Ancestry.com is the Mormon one, isn't it? I think is it, it is. Is it really? Yeah, is, yeah. yeah no, I think that one's tied to the Mormons. Yeah, yeah. So then yeah. 23andMe, that one was literally started by fucking CIA DARPA money. 
Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. What 23andMe chick is related to... Okay, so there's like a weird uh, triad of relations, okay? And I'm I'm going to get the exact placement wrong, but all three okay. of these people work for all three of these companies. Okay. Um, so Sergey, I think it's Sergey Brin, and I want to say he has something to do with Google. And then uh, one of the chicks that either runs or started YouTube... And then the chick that either runs or started 23andMe, okay? So, like, within those three people, there's a husband, a wife, and a sister. And I forget how all three of them are related. But all three of those motherfuckers are related and tied together in that weird tie. YouTube, Google, and 23andMe. And, and they're Mormon. YouTube and Google. No, Mormon oh, okay. is Ancestry.com. <laughs> okay, so, okay, sorry. So, uh, Google... Uh, and I think YouTube, but Google for sure was directly started from DARPA grant money. Well, like, I mean, Google bought YouTube. Well, okay. Yeah. So, so can, can I ask, and I don't know if you know or not, but I'm just curious, why do the Mormons want your DNA? Well, the Mormon, okay. So that is, that is, I did kind of mention why one of the things the Mormons do is they, they do a lot of ancestry themselves. And mm -hmm. one of the, and I, this is speculation, uh, one of the things Mormons do is they baptize dead people. Um, and so that you, when you hear that, you think, oh, they find the corpse and baptize it. No, they they get a person, a live person, and they baptize them in the name of dead people so that they can. That does not seem get, okay. It's not okay for me. Like, I hate that. But I, th I think that that's part of what it is, is the fact that they want to be able to baptize everyone who's ever lived. What if you're already dead and you're in the paradise that you were granted <laughs> by your creator and then some Mormon jackass <laughs> baptizes a 25-year-old who needed some credits in Mormon baptism system and then all of a sudden you're yanked out of your paradise and you're on whatever Mormon planet. You're, you're just on Kolob all of a sudden. like, oh. Wow. Wow. But, okay, so luckily... At least in my theology, they right. don't have any any say in okay. anything. Um, but <laughs> but yeah, like it's still like a, the the idea that they could is super offensive to me. Like that they would yeah. they, could, they would even think to do that because I know that they right. baptized Abraham Lincoln and stuff like that. That's rude. Oh he yeah, fucking deserves it, actually, he deserved to get taken to whatever planet he's got taken to <laughs> some weird Mormon planet no i get Plus, it i like okay fair enough with abraham lincoln and all but uh, just in general it's rude like yeah. people people make their choices and it's very rude for you to come along afterward and presume to baptize people who are already dead <laughs> quest My said, remember when they were baptizing holocaust victims were they I seriously but i i buy it I believe it. That's not okay. Mormon church, stop it. That's Mormon not church, okay. stop it. Look, say, okay, say what you will about the Mormons. That's messed up. But say what you will about the Mormons. They give one hell of a Christmas concert. And so I'm willing to forgive quite a lot of things because of that Christmas concert. But not baptizing Holocaust victims. That's rude. Don't do that. You know that Chris is... Uh... Chris is ordained. So we could theoretically at y'all holla start baptizing the boyos in the name of all those Mormons. <laughs> I 
I would love to be baptized in the name of Joseph Smith and let him get yanked out of whatever into whatever. <laughs> Turnabout is fair play, baby. <laughs> wow. I have to tell you, though, Y'all Hollow was a, uh, a typo that I made that I thought was just the best thing in the world. One day, we're, we got to make this happen and call it Y'all Hollow. No, that's so it's like it's, it's like y'all it's like Valhalla but like a trailer park or yeah right okay <laughs> yes ma'am yeah, yeah. But like, the fun side. it sounds fun I mean like I've never had a terrible time at the trailer park I don't live there so I get to leave you know like <laughs> Um, um so you, you made me think of uh the, you said they put on a good christmas show it made me think of the episode of it's not it's always sunny uh curb your enthusiasm yeah. where where uh larry david met a mormon and he was like i just i just i just love your your um your your uh boys choir no one sings as well as a castrated boy <laughs> do the mormons still have a castrati choir there's no way <laughs> There is no way they still have a castrati choir. I can't imagine that's legal. <laughs> so listen, okay, a couple of years ago, a couple of Mormons came to my door, and it was like the middle of January, <laughs> freezing cold outside. And so it was, I said, okay, I mean, do you guys want to come inside? I'll make you some hot chocolate. Or like, I was just trying to be congenial because they were like obviously freezing. And I said, we can't go in your house. And I was like, oh, how come? They said, well, some years ago, a lady kidnapped two Mormons who had come to her door. <laughs> this is a real story. They couldn't come in because some woman had kidnapped them and kept them in her basement and used them for very non-Christian purposes. And so now they're because they, the kids that they sent. More. Yeah, because the Mormon purposes for Mormon purposes. Yeah. So they're not allowed to go inside anybody's house anymore because they send these like 18 year old kids who don't know anything about the world out to knock on people's doors. It's some lusty old cougar like kidnapped them and took them down into her basement. This is a real story. She stole I, immediate, I immediately went and Googled that as soon as, as soon as they left. And I was like, oh, man. <laughs> So, yeah, never a dull moment with the Mormons. Can I bring it back real quick to the to the, to the Ammons and uh, and yes. because of the because of the kidnapping story, I'm actually going to bring it back to the Ammons with Bert. Okay? okay, this guy with the mustache. So this dude was not smart. He was a big <laughs> dude. Okay, um, I once saw him get pulled by his hair. He had this long, do you remember that band Nelson? Those twins with the Scandinavian long, like legless locks. Like Nelson, the Nelson I don't, twins. I'm gonna find I'm, them now. I'm Googling. All right, Jessica, pull that shit up. So like <laughs> pull that shit up, soup can. Right, right. So like Oh shit. I I right? Okay. So this dude, this dude is like, all right, so now let's paint a picture. We got the Nelson twins hair. We've got like a red Viking mustache, kind of like Cam might do if it was a handlebar. This guy was like six foot six if he was four foot tall. And he was all of 280 pounds, okay? And I saw this dude get yanked by his hair. Grandpa's goose went and grabbed his hair 
because he was underneath his truck working and his hair was like strung out on the gravel behind him, glistening in the sunlight. And that goose got a fucking handful of hair and yanked him out in front of that truck. Man, geese are bastards. So anyway, <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> okay, so the dude, the dude with bangs, that's Bert's haircut. He had those bangs. That was his hair color. That's it right there. 100%. I really okay? like his turquoise earring. That's. Should I get one? No. 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 Fucking no. 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 Not that you'd All ever right. see it, but. So Bert's story ends up, my grandma's intuition about his fucking weird mustache ended up, Bert hooked up with this chick. And they moved up to Tahoe and they weren't getting along and they were fighting and Bert decided to kill her. <gasps> Bert. So Bert, Bert right? <laughs> Fucking Bert. So Bert gets a can of gas and puts it all over the house they were living in and lights it on fire. And oh, by the way, lit himself on fire and they both died in a fucking fire. Wow. 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 Bert. By the way, talk, speaking mm. of setting yourself on fire. Um, have you ever had someone choose you to be the person to talk them out of committing suicide? Have you ever had that happen in your life? Yeah. It's that's like the rudest shit. I mean, I know, I know that you're looking for attention and stuff, but when I was like 18 years old, there was this guy that I didn't know. He just had a crush on a friend of mine and he was apparently suicidal. And then like for three or four nights in a row, he had me talk him out of committing suicide by setting himself on fire. And I was like, I was like, I don't want you to kill yourself, but I don't, I also don't know you. So am I the guy? That's a hell of a way to go too. That's not like, that's, you know, there are quicker ways. I'm just saying. Yeah. Oh, this... gonna... Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. It was wait very flamboyant. Look at that. Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's All right, so now imagine that things. dude with the bangs at about 280, about six foot six, rocking that mustache. Now imagine that dude and his girlfriend who looks suspiciously like the other one in the picture, um, <laughs> but with bigger hooters. Imagine both of them on meth and having a bad time and then dying in a fire. Are you fucking kidding me? What I need to understand about these chaps that this guy is wearing is that <laughs> there's no way that he pulled these chaps on over a pair of jeans. So is this just a, That's a how jean you wear chaps, sex? Though. Not these chaps, though. Look at no, how tight these chaps are. No, those are way too tight. Are. Right. Well, so okay, is, this, is the jean just part just sewn over the top and it's just like a little half moon of jean there? Like, what is happening? All I'm saying is when people Yes, there's describe... a seam and those legs, sorry Cam, those legs are sewn onto those fucking pants if I want to believe it it's any other way. <laughs> All I'm saying is that chaps by nature are assless and you don't have to call them assless chaps because otherwise they would be called pants. Right. Okay. So these <laughs> Someone made these. This outfit is so confusing. Oh my god. Listen, so I do actually do about seven lines of cocaine in 10 minutes. And that outfit makes a ton more sense, kid. Okay. All right. Just a high fashion right there. I just, just wasn't, you know, around for the late eighties, I guess. Oh, it was quite a time. Yeah. (laughs) So So listen, we did want to ask. Oh, okay. Go ahead. I was just gonna say you, you, you work as an almond farmer in California. And the last two years have been, 
um, stupid as hell. How has the supply chain stuff messed with you? Because, I mean, that's all pretty – is it mostly domestic, or do you have to deal with it? Or do you just grow the almonds and give them to somebody? Like, how's that, how's that work? Okay, so uh, supply chain for us, as far as getting product out, um, hasn't really stopped yet. Okay. okay. That's still moving. Um, people okay. are still buying nuts. Nuts are still moving. Where we, as farmers and small business owners, are seeing the supply chain issues is in our parts houses. Okay. Um, last summer, I needed a water pump for one of our shakers, right? No big deal. It's a standard four-cylinder cat engine. I should have been able to go to the place and be on my way back with it in 10 minutes. Uh, however, I had to wait for it to come from Idaho, and this was last summer. And it has gotten worse since then. Um, it's to the point where we just the other day, okay, so we let this dude borrow our, one of our tractors last two summer and a half ago, and dude ran it through a bunch of weeds and didn't blow out the fill, uh, didn't blow out the air filter at all. And then the tractor just stopped working. Well, oh, I didn't get it hot. Well, maybe you say that until. I open the fuel filter or the the air filter and it's just full of weeds and every part of my tractor is full of weeds and dust and like oh you you basically just broke my engine mm. it's overheated it's dead that's a dead engine so over the last 3 days we've been discussing the cost of replacing that engine we can buy a new engine uh for roughly 20 grand or yeah or we can send it to a repair shop and get the sleeves done. We'll have to get some bigger pistons. We don't think the the uh, crankshaft is messed. But we haven't gotten quite that deep in it. The and it's just like okay, so we can't afford twenty grand for a new engine for this fucking tractor. And that guy that broke it, it's that's money gone. It's we're never getting that money. So we're gonna fix it ourselves. But we started sourcing parts. And we're a month and a half out on some parts we need. Mm. Like a month and a half, dude. Are you kidding me? That That's unheard of in my lifetime. And the older generation is still thinking that, well, this is all it's because of COVID. Yeah. Right. But but you guys, you, you know Monica and Brad. You listen to the things they talk about. And like a lot of this, as they've mentioned, is... 2008 and before that can that economic can being kicked down the field and kicked down the field and interest rates are artificially low just of zero percent interest really for yeah. 14 years and then all of a sudden we're at i don't know some abysmal rate and it's covid okay sure yeah right i think um, when i was on the propaganda report one time i was talking to um brad about it and I was just like, how many, how many excuses can you make about the supply chain before you just go, hey, let's open it. Let's right. let the ships yeah. move. Let's let the things move that need to move. Like Because there's a lot of other reasons as well. But the fact is, it was never, and I've tweeted this, it's, you need to stop, Not I'm not telling anyone what to do, but me, <laughs> more to me. But I need to, everyone, and I stopped a while back, but you got to stop saying this is because of COVID. It's not the very the just point the gun in the right direction. This is due to the government response to COVID. 
That's the <clears throat> nicest way you can put it. <clears throat> but if they just open some shit up, we would be fine. But they close stuff down. Like it's like Biden saying that he's made all of these jobs. You can't claim new jobs when you're the one who shut them down in, to begin with. Like yeah. it's it's absolute 100%. bullshit. It's just lying by it's lying through statistics like the last two years dude at the start of covid there was a picture going around of bill gates sitting at his desk with a stack of books and in that stack of books you can see it in that picture it says how to lie with statistics mm -hmm. it's right yeah. there on a stack of books and he put that picture out and you can't tell me that any media that dude actually puts out isn't vetted and gone through like he knew that fucking thing is in there well, you can't tell me that that dude with that much going like this random ass stack of books, how to lie with statistics. That's been the last fucking honestly, if we're getting real, it's been the last 20 or 30 or 40 years of our life. It's been most yeah. of our yeah. life. But all of mine, like you said, that veils come off and we can right. finally see it for what it is to the and point where I can personally look at that older generation, my dad, his cronies and go, hey, guys. Remember when you told me that, hey, I voted, that's all I can do, you know? Mm -hmm. And remember when you told me, well, you know, it's just kind of the way of the world. It's just got to let it go. No, man, that's like a failure of an entire generation. And it sucks for me to say that to the men who I respect, who I know are hardworking, honest, decent Christian men who were lulled into a false sense of security mm -hmm. about the reality of the world on purpose and by design maliciously by the people they were told to trust by the people they voted for and trusted and if there is one good thing and i'll wrap this bullshit rant up yeah, if there's yeah. one good thing out of these two years it's that those guys those guys who who voted for george bush because he was a fucking christian are you kidding me yeah you're gonna vote for that guy because he's a christian i mean I have to see to those it. guys turn around is is a beautiful thing. Yeah, I read a book last year. I for, uh, the title had the word "boomers" in it, but it was charting. It was charting out um, like, and it, it makes so much sense. It's it's obvious when you when you think about it at all. But they started charting out like the um, the pharmaceutical issues that the United States ha has had. And you can chart it against the boomer's life cycle. Because you if you if you look in the, the 60s and the 70s, you get the the weed and the the um the not silent necessarily silent LSD. Items, but the 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 hallucinogens. Acid, then then you start hitting the <laughs> heroin, you start hitting the crack, you start you get past the cocaine in the 80s, and then you you start hitting the 90s and it's all um depression meds. Mm -hmm, and all of this mm -hmm. stuff, and it's affecting all of us, and it's all based on the like life cycle and the choices of the boomer generation. And I was reading this, and I was going, "This is so clearly obvious. Mm -hmm. How did I never put this mm -hmm. together before?" That, like, I love my mother; she's one of the the younger boomers. Yeah. My dad, he had his; he's not with us anymore, but he had his times of stuff. Loved my father, but if you look at how our society has been affected by drugs. In particular, it's tied inexorably from the boomer generation and well, the things they they they. It's more than drugs too. It's it's everything is pointed in their direction. They sold out their children's futures 
in mm -hmm. order that they can maintain their lifestyles. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's yeah. way more than drugs. It, it's the housing market. It's mm -hmm. everything. Right. And but it was just all geared so toward that. Yeah. It's so with the drugs, it's so clear because it plays along the lines of the hippies to the the uber capitalists to the sad, sad sacks. Like it's amazing. And I, I was just like, how did I never pick up on this? I'm so excited you mentioned all wrote, this. Wrote that. Like I like I said, I love my mother, loved my father, but these boomers screwed us so hard. <laughs> You you know that acid was, they'll tell you it was created by some chemist in a lab, but what they won't tell you is that it was a CIA chemist. Oh yeah, and yeah. they'll tell you that the uh, that the Merry Pranksters and the Grateful Dead uh, were a counterculture, but the the chemist who made all of the acid, uh, Owsley or Oswald or I think it's Owsley, um, that guy was a CIA chemist, um, mm -hmm. and. Uh, the merry pranksters were um funded by the cia and cia doctors and psychiatrists and psychologists came to all those merry prankster love sex magic blue light and they were diligently taking notes while people freaked the fuck out okay no. jim morrison his father is a spook not only was he a spook his father was the uh the i want to say tiananmen square but it was the um, the false flag that started Vietnam. His dad was the boat that shot the other boat that started Vietnam. Oh, so, uh, oh, Gulf of Tonkin. Gulf of Tonkin. Thank you. Yep. Yes. Thank you, ma'am. So, like, Jim Morrison shows up out of nowhere, right? And love, sex, acid, all this shit. And the Doors or the Grateful Dead show up out of nowhere. Love, sex, acid, all this bullshit. And like the entire counterculture movement, dude. So many of those late 60s bands, they all came from Laurel Canyon. And at the end of Laurel Canyon, there's a military base. And I think the dude that played the the uh, the Joker. Um, Heath Ledger? Oh, no. It's either Joaquin Phoenix or the other guy who played the last Joker. Well, the, Joaquin uh, Phoenix, his, his family was in the Children of God cult with uh, David Berg. No shit. Yeah. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. River and River and Joaquin Phoenix. Their parents were in David Berg's cult, and so there were some, there were some other people too. But yeah, that's it's tied to cult behavior as well. Okay, so there's a military base at the end of Laurel Canyon, and that military base was used to. It was a movie studio, and like Jimmy Stewart and all those movie stars we love so much, Ronald Reagan, all of those dudes made hundreds of thousands, thousands of B movie propaganda films for the American government in that military base at the end of laurel canyon and then some famous dude who played one of the jokers lives there now i can't remember uh what's that, like, that dude's name um jared leto the, that's the one that's the one um but that's where jim morris came joker. from worst fucking joker <sighs> worst joker you know people say that but like maybe well i, I mean i mean okay maybe caesar romero was worse in some sense but like Cesar Romero was campy, but Cesar Romero was a comic book. Yeah, in a I'm comic. just saying they ruined the Joker with that stupid <clears throat> Suicide Squad movie. Is all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. All is right. Jared Leto? Like I don't know how he gets movies now. Like I don't. I don't get it. 
It's interesting because uh, Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young are part of the Laurel Canyon group. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I noticed that a lot of the musicians who came out of that entire uh, shtick, I guess we're gonna call it, uh, they're the ones who are like sort of bolstering the COVID regime. 100%. And yeah, so you like you have Neil Young trying to get Joe Rogan kicked off of <laughs> And Spotify, Spotify is removing him from Spotify. And they say like, okay, bye Neil Young, which Later, is great. David. Big props to uh, you know Spotify for not bending a knee to that. But it, the, I've noticed a lot of stuff about, I, I've heard about the Laurel Canyon musicians as well, and all of their ties to the CIA, the ties of the counterculture, MK Ultra program, which was basically <laughs> used to make uh, you know their own people kill themselves. Charles Manson. As they, Charles Manson, right. Um, so a lot Michael of this Ted, stuff. Sirhan Sirhan. Is weirdly just, connected into controlling um, what would otherwise be a movement to liberate people from control from the federal government. And instead, yes. it's used just like the woke movement is right now, which pretends to be about LGBT rights, racial justice, all of this different kind of stuff focused outward instead of at the power structures. So yeah. instead of attacking the power structures, which are said to be where racial injustice is coming from, they attack literally like people in their neighborhoods, their parents, you know, things like that. Oh, well, did I freeze again? A bunch of white ladies good. hit a black dude in an elevator and scream Black Lives Matter. There you go. Well, Come and it's on. like if you, if you look at the people that they that I think they clearly um, paid and pushed for it. Like the 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 love, the free love, and all of these different things, the drugs. You, I feel like, and I have for a long time felt like, obviously, this is a an op because they pushed them too far. Because it's like these were people who were questioning the Vietnam War, and suddenly mm -hmm. they became completely ineffective at doing anything because they they went in these like the the opposite end of the pendulum. Mm -hmm. They they went so far. In mm -hmm. a different direction, um, but let me ask you this: This is kind of off-topic, sort of. There's no but, topics at this um, point. For me, I remember the first time I questioned the, the official narrative, and I always thought it was dumb. Where I f first questioned the official narrative, but what was your first time where you were like, "This doesn't make sense to me"? Because mine was uh, Kurt Cobain. I don't think he killed himself. That was my first time. That was my first time questioning the official narrative was me going, looking into that and going, this doesn't make sense the way, because I read the suicide note and I read the, the, the tone and the writing shift after a certain point, because it is up to a point. It was about him quitting Nirvana mm -hmm. and then it became about suicide mm -hmm. and the, the writing looks different. The way he's talking is different. And I, I remember seeing that being like someone killed this man. But what was it for you? Like, was there any specific incident that you go, okay, so I don't buy this. I don't I, buy what they're selling. This is going to sound dumb and weird. Um, I was on a tractor listening to, I think, NPR on my little hand radio in my headphones. And it was after the after we invaded Iraq because Afghanistan, because I don't know, 18 dudes with box cutters performed the greatest military thing of all time. James Corbett yeah. quote is the best thing ever. And like 
And that never really sat right with me. But then, like, we're going into Iraq. Wasn't that the country your dad got fucking humiliated in? Yeah. Well, and, and, and yeah. even even so, just a random aside, there was a book that I want to say was written by George H.W. Bush. It was either him or W. But there's this throwaway, throwaway line in that book where he talks about how his father had said that if you want to remain president for two terms, you have to have a war going on between those two terms. Yeah. Yep. You can't, you yeah. can't interrupt the, the patriotism. No, you know? and people, people, if they're scared of what's going on, are afraid to change uh, leaders too. Even if the leader is bad, they're generally afraid to change leaders. I think that's what was surprised me about um, Trump losing the election um, if he did, <laughs> uh, was that, you know, right in the middle of this, like the great pandemic, this horrible thing that's happening to the country and we changed presidents that doesn't make any sense. And it doesn't track historically. Well, especially, especially with all of the people who, when he was doing operation warp speed on this so-called vaccine mm-hmm. that said that when he was doing it, there's no way I'm taking this fake vaccine. This is bad. I'm not going to take it. I'm not going to take anything that Trump did. And then as soon as he left office, the same vaccine is what's going to save the world. The and nothing of life. else. Right. Nothing else like, will save the world. None of the things that humanity so has done for however long humanity has done them. None of those could possibly work. And how dare you assume yeah. to take risk for yourself? That's true. Yep. Uh, Carl says that's how FDR stayed around so long. That yep. is true. Mm. Because he had a war the whole time. Mm-hmm. Yep. Nice, Carl. And the other thing, too, is, and I didn't realize this until I actually got COVID myself. Me and my husband got COVID at the beginning of January. I got um, it in 2020 in February. Oh, did mm-hmm. you? And then well, we got some the some variant later this last week or two weeks or whatever. But we had every like when when that came out, when the first iteration of it came out, the novel coronavirus, every single thing because they weren't saying loss of taste, they weren't saying loss of smell or anything like that. But like everything that was on the list originally, we had in January or February of 2020, and then we moved to Florida. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, what I didn't realize was that they offer nothing to anyone as far as early intervention goes. So any of the drugs that they actually have that would help you um, deal with COVID if it were going to turn into something serious, you're not allowed to have until your lips turn blue and you go to the emergency room, which at that point, it's already too late to administer Mm -hmm. an early intervention. We were basically told, stay home, don't go anywhere. And if your lips turn blue, then go to the emergency room. So nothing, nothing was offered to us. Well, also there was, there was also a monetary incentive that I read about for intubating patients. Yeah. And if you, and I knew people who earlier on had COVID and the doctors that they went to see didn't offer them monoclonal antibodies, nope. didn't offer them any of the things that had that you any shouldn't kind of way. say out loud on the YouTube. Right. Yeah. They didn't offer, they didn't this, offer them these video's things. Totally going to get flagged. Sorry. <laughs> who cares? My bad. But, but no, like they didn't offer them these things. They waited until they were at the point where they were st- going to die before they yep. gave them anything. And so the only people that I know that made it through were the ones who went outside of the hospitals. 
Mm-hmm. And it was it's it's wild. Like we haven't had a lot of COVID talk on this no, show. No, we and haven't. That was, that was by design because I got tired of hearing it. But knowing people, even medical professionals who went to the hospital and said, hey, I need help with this, who knew mm-hmm. what could help them because they'd seen it work in other people and also because they had the the, the body of knowledge to say this, just were ignored. And they had yeah. to go around the system in order to get the things that they needed. Like there it, is, yeah. there's a, there's federal money, buddy. There is imaginary federal money by the plane load, by the truck load, every step of the way. And the farther you can get someone along that chain of care in a hospital, the more money comes out of the back of that truck, dude. And it is all yeah. the way up to intubation and death. And it is a great jump, dude. Like, it's crooked. And, it's really crooked. And, and I'm not trying to say what is or is not official about the medical system. I'm just telling what my experience was. Like, we sure, literally right. saw two different doctors. My husband and myself went to two different doctors when we tested positive for COVID and were given basically the same response, which is just stay home. And if your lips turn blue, go to the emergency room. So this is just personal experience. It has nothing to do with uh, anything else. Sure. Um, and but that experience is being echoed by a lot of people. And I wonder, you know, when the, all of this comes down the pipeline, how many people who could have been saved by early interventions were denied it because of the level of corruption that we're going to find out about. I don't know. And, I don't know. And let's let me just briefly talk about the fact that there were psyops throughout this. And I'm not I don't mean <laughs> it in this this like high level thing. What I'm what I'm of course it is high level. But what I mean is there were people who, because of the way they talked about masks, the mm-hmm. way they talked about, um, you know, social distancing or this, that, or the other, when they came down with these symptoms, they it was almost like an original sin type of situation rather than I'm sick situation. These yep. were people who felt dirty and gross and that they couldn't tell people what had happened because of the way they had made to be the the system didn't fail. It did exactly what it was designed to do, but to these people, they felt that it was, that it had failed them because they got to the point where they had, they had symptoms that they had no control over. A lot of them vaccinated that I knew Mm -hmm. personally Mm-hmm. And they felt dirty and gross and yep. shameful. And it's, it's disgusting that someone could feel shamed about a what is des- described as something you can't control that comes from someone else that comes through the air attacking you makes you feel like a bad person. During the Middle Ages, it was believed that only sinners could get the plague. And it was also believed that it was carried on, on the wind. It was carried on a bad wind and only the sinners could get it. And so ill humors, ill humors. Right. And so when um, Whoopi Goldberg got COVID like two or three weeks ago, her whole thing was, I don't, I can't believe I got COVID. I did everything I was supposed to do. I have 40 vaccinations. I wore 18 masks. I never went anywhere. I haven't been out to dinner for two and a half years. And it was like, yeah, lady, it, it's not just something that happens to the bad people. And by the bad people, she means 
conservatives or people who don't believe in vaccine mandates. She couldn't believe that she, one of the good people, could contract this illness. And it would just reminded it's me so much of the disgusting. Middle Ages attitude about the plague, that only what? the sinners get the plague. I mm -hmm. had a friend that went to a bad church growing up. And so when he walked through, because there are bad churches, there are good churches, there are good Christians, there are bad Christians. We're not going to, not all Christians are bad, not all Christians are good. Let's just get that out in the open. Just people. Um, but my friend went to a bad church who told him <laughs> one time he walked through a um, the woods and he got poison ivy and it was in mm -hmm. a place where he couldn't play drums for church that Sunday. And he was told, well, obviously you didn't have enough faith. Obviously this <laughs> is a problem with you. And this is a, a symptom that is a part of bad churching. It's a part of bad hermeneutics. It's a bad, mm -hmm. bad theology. It's a, a lot of different things. But if you look at the, you can call it the COVID regime regime. You could call it the um, progressive movement. This is a religious movement. Yeah. And they, especially with Woodrow Wilson, progressivism came out of the social gospel. And so this is very clearly a continuation of the religion of the state which is born out of the idea that the world can be saved through the state and through um mm. the social gospel and so these people the people who feel disgusting and dirty and bad and like oh i must have been a bad american because i got covid this comes from the social gospel it comes from a um perversion of truth a perversion of the gospel and i won't stand for it and i don't respect <laughs> it and fuck you for making people think this way oh dear so i had um on that note <laughs> i had another farm question for whip because yes, i know we're getting close to the end and i want to make sure that i ask this because it i had kind of when i knew that we were going to talk about um like supply chain stuff I've read a lot of articles lately, um, even from like official sources who official sources as they are, who say that the food supply chain issue is a lot worse than they're saying that it is and that it's bound to get worse over the next year. Is this something that you as an actual food farmer think bears out? Are they trying to scare people into just buying more product because they're trying to get the economy going? Or like, what is the deal with that? Because I, I do see even like the mainstream media sources saying, oh, no, this food issue is about to be a lot worse. Like, what's your take on that? My take on that is that um, the food chain supply issues seem to stem Let's take the meat in industry, for example. Um, right. The meat, th those dudes, like, it should be, states should be able to write their own fucking meat laws. Federal yeah. meat packing laws just exclude any hope for, like, local producers to make it. They just, they, they just, you can't compete with fucking Tyson Foods, dude. You can't do right. it. You know, right. like, I have a cousin who married into the foster farms clan and like nobody's grown enough chickens to compete with foster farms and Tyson. No one, I don't care how many fucking 
plates of eggs at a farmer's market you can put out. You're not doing it. And a lot of their ability to keep a stranglehold on supply and distribution depends on we have to have USDA federal inspectors and we're short on those. That whole, like I've heard a couple of dudes tell me how the inspectors are aging out. Um, and then you go back to why did we shut down all the meat plants because of COVID? Like the workers can't go work and that's an issue. And mm -hmm, the, mm -hmm. the new dude, we have, we have 55 gallon drums of hand sanitizer on our Ammon ranch. Now you fucking kidding me? Hand sanitizer. I mean, dude, just go wash your hands. Yeah. Like, <laughs> the faucet's right over there. There's some palm olive. <laughs> you can just wash your hands. Rub and some dirt like, on your hands. There's dirt on your hands, man. Um, rub it on your pants. If it doesn't come off on your pants, it's not going to come off on your food. You're fine. Yeah. So, so like as for the supply chain issues, like I just can't stress enough that the federal government is probably the fucking problem. There's yeah. there's too much money concentrated in too few hands and the little dudes have been squeezed out of those markets now mm -hmm. you know like there's lots of apps now there's lots of ways to get in touch with local producers of things Fucking okay. go outside your city and drive around you see some cows in a field who owns that place go talk to that dude i don't know do you bake bake him some muffins and go hey we're interested in buying a cow if i can't buy one of your cows and put it in a freezer do you know someone who sells beef you know yeah it's not really rocket science it's just you gotta you gotta realize that if people are taking pictures of empty grocery food stores and there are other people who are like dedicated to debunking those pictures those other people are probably robots they're probably not real they're probably an ai um twitter is full of fucking reanimated bots and accounts from 2009 and 2011 you can't tell me all of these people have 47 tweets before 2020 or 2021 and then all of a sudden there's 1500 tweets in 2021 you know like no yeah. you didn't just find your twitter account the ai found your twitter account so well, like, i wasn't sure until i personally saw this empty shelves at my store like we didn't see it for a long time and the last time i went shopping there were so many things just stripped bare and i was like what is going on and we we haven't really seen that around here you know, like I, I, yeah, I haven't, haven't seen, seen it, it so much. There, there are a couple of things here and there, like certain days of the week where things are just not there, no. but they, they, they seem to come back. Yeah. It's like there's hiccups in the, like, that's been my experience up until last week where there'll be hiccups in the supply. Like they'll sure. be out of it for a couple of days and then they'll get mm -hmm. a new load in. But lately I've noticed those hiccups are getting longer and longer. Some of the shelves are just bare. Like a lot of like the shelf stable stuff is cleared out like we and a lot of people are talking about weird stuff like ramen like nobody mm -hmm. ha, there's no ramen, ramen anywhere what does that mean <laughs> like that's terrifying like, yeah honestly, ramen not being there is kind of all terrifying. the soup the soup is gone i'm the soup well, there's like I a have, weird i have to tell you something i have to tell you something it's gonna break your heart jessica i already know what you're about to say i don't really like soup i know <sighs> My wife hates but, it, but you know what? Like there are a couple soups that are worth my time, but most of them, that's a side dish. Give me a sandwich. 
<laughs> so, so what basically what you're saying is that um, the solution to that is to get local with your yeah. own supply chain and start, yeah. yeah, reaching out to farmers local to your area. Yeah. Okay. I'm I, like I don't I, see any other way to do it. You know, my my girl has always my girl's moment of of waking up type thing was Jade Helm, and so ever since then she's sort of been like, yeah, shit's not right. And yeah. since COVID started, she's turned into a prepper and God bless her. She's yeah. Yep. I'll send you, yeah. by the way, she's got this little uh, canning top thing that okay. uh, comes, you know, like the, the food saver, whatever dealie. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So it's, it's a food saver canning top thing that fits over a Mason jar and um, it comes with an attachment to hook to your food saver. But like sometimes when you're doing powder or like flour stuff yeah. and dry stuff or wet stuff, um, you can't use the food saver because it'll suck back up into the food saver yep. and yeah. then you break your food saver. So like you can get that little canning top thing and then you go to Harbor Freight and get a, uh, a brake bleeder and okay. you just you just pump this thing by hand. It's fucking great. She loves it. She's got a little plastic case and she opens it up and it's all blue and shiny and she's all, I'm so proud of it. It's my coolest kitchen thing she loves it so okay. yeah break um, leader yeah, yeah. Will my husband know I'll what that is oh, all right sure. Sure. I'll send you a link. <laughs> yeah it's just a way I to not break your real. food saver yeah no and there is yeah there's actually um a problem with the food saver in that you can't do things that have liquid in them so anything like yep. even meats will have that little bit of liquid and you have to it's a pain in the ass so well, yeah, she freezes. She'll make soup, you know, and mm -hmm. like some of it goes in the fridge. She'll freeze it in those food saver bags. I don't mm -hmm. know how she does it, and then she just lays them flat on a tray, and then yep. when they're frozen, it all stacks. That's you my know, girl. Just, just heads up though. <laughs> just get a big pot of water, and you have your your bag rather than a food mm -hmm. saver, like a, a gallon size bag. You just dip it down into the water, and all of the air escapes. You zip it up. Yeah. That's how I do all of my sous vide steaks. You don't you don't have to have a food saver. That's it's nice fair. to have one. But I'm just saying, if you're not a gonna go and spend $120 on a food saver, like I spent you can ten dollars at the thrift store. Dude, yeah, they're pretty cheap now. Yeah. Dude, I can't uh, find one under 120 bucks. You yeah. need to go to the thrift store. Go to Aldi. Aldi Aldi's got it. I've never been there. Yeah. What's that? Isn't that a grocery store or something? Yeah, it's okay, a, you'll it's love like it because German it's German. Yeah. I do love efficiency. Yeah. <laughs> Aldi is the best. Like if you want to be able like of course, you know, I have five children, so it's not as cost effective as it used to be. When we just had one child, we would spend forty dollars a week on groceries. Nice. Now yeah, Aldi's the best. It's not like that. Four but, blasts you know. and my wife ago, the grocery bill was much easier. That's a it's a pretty good one. Before Jeez. I filled her with my seed, there was it was Dude. much cheaper to go to Aldi. Dude. <laughs> it's an awesome flex but it's actually a little gross i'm sorry i brought yeah. it up my bad sorry jess <laughs> my bad i don't oh. know so how do you you know what's an almond farmer man uh in california it's um it's uh it's 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 dealing with the state man the state's state wants the water and they're gonna get it they passed a bunch <laughs> of laws and they're they're taking people's groundwater they're gonna end up eventually you know those fucking smart meters that a lot of different places end up getting 
Oh, yeah. yay, you got a smart meter now. All that's going to do is allow them to turn your deep well on and off. If you have, you know, if you're not like, is your well on a diesel generator or solar power or a windmill or something like that? Because if it's hooked up to PG&E or wherever, then <coughs> good luck. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, can There's I say a, a secret phrase real quick? Go ahead. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So the secret phrase for the two NFTs is organic menthol tobacco. Awesome. Okay, that was that wasn't what I thought it was going to be. Mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm. <laughs> no, because I made it up. I was looking at this cigarette pack over here. Okay. <laughs> but it's a you know it's a brand thing. I'll I'll run. With okay. It. No. Okay. <laughs> so organic menthol tobacco to unwhipped spoon on the Twitters. And when we get out of here, I'll check my DMs and uh, I will DM the timestamp winner and I'll uh, need your ETH address. So okay. good luck, y'all. <sighs> well, you're a joy. I, I love you, buddy. Uh, it's like I, I what's funny is when I first got into that group chat it was a fairly different situation it was led by different people it was kind of and i was just like and i remember when when i first started talking to you but there were other people that i was like how old are these people 20 what it how these are children yeah. <laughs> who, who are these people oh there's um, a decidedly older demographic in there now Good oh Lord. and i love it because it's <laughs> like we, we we all have like the same level of um damage over the years that it's very different damage for each person <laughs> but there are these moments that happen in that dm where it's like uh lightning in a fucking bottle where everyone's there we're making we're making our jokes we're on point we're moving and it's beautiful and uh you and everyone really everyone that's in there now like friends for life kind yeah. of situation and i didn't yeah i feel that. you no you know what i mean fucking twitter it's designed right. to make you feel part of a tribe but isolated from other people hmm. all of these yeah. apps are all bad for us they're all fucking bad for us so if you find a tribe that you connect with that is healthy for you if you find people who whether they share one viewpoint out of 10 you know, you got to find yeah. those little, I can get along with you for this. And I can get along with that dude for that. And maybe that's the only thing we can get along with. But there's always yeah. fucking something. Yeah. And all of these apps take that something, take that little spark of humanity, that little spark of divinity that's in all of us. And they push it to the side. Yeah. And they make it not readily accessible. But it's really easy. It's right fucking there. People talk about go touch grass, go do all this other shit. But literally, it's just, dude, find some people and connect with them in one way and work from there. And, 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 and that's really how you fight a lizard. The lizards have made so many laws, you know, that everybody's a felon in some way. And mm -hmm. if you piss off the powers that be, you're going to. You're going to be Michael Hastings. Your Mercedes is going to go 150-something fucking miles an hour down Ventura Boulevard until it, it explodes against a palm tree, and then they're going to find traces of Adderall in your system, and you were probably on meth, and you're a degenerate. 
never mind that you just unearthed a giant story about the current regime you know there's always something right. and so like all the talk of the boogaloo the this the that the other dude all of that talk is in some way detrimental you know yeah. all, ridiculing people for voting man i don't like the constitution I think it's a fucking coup against the Articles of Confederation. And I think the, the fact that we wrote down those rights that they couldn't fuck with, I think that's one of the greatest documents ever to exist in the history of this world. And I think the Articles of Confederation, man, I don't know as much about it as I should, but I do know that the people that fought in that war, that's the document they fucking signed. And my schooling didn't teach me that. They said, oh, it was kind of weak on trade. But it, what it didn't tell me was that everyone who signed the Constitution committed a fucking coup against everyone else in those fucking states. Yep. So, like, anything that you do is going to end up getting... You're going to end up catching a fucking charge. You're going to be the one lone oddest in a circle of 15 people, 14 or 13 of whom are either federal employees or paid informants, and then you're going to kidnap a governor and you know, like you, you can't win that way. I don't see right. that happening. Yeah. I see some people ridiculing taking local <clears throat> action, but I think that's the only option there really is. You know, you can arm yourself, you can train, you can, there's the, you got to do all the things you, you got to be self-sufficient. You got to learn money. You got to, probably fucking try to learn some crypto honestly <laughs> and you should probably try to learn some crypto that isn't uh about McDonald's. to be turned into a federal digidollar you know yeah they're gonna take the they're the 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 meme about the money printer going burr it doesn't actually it, it all happens on a fucking computer screen anyway buddy yeah like and so they'll put it on a blockchain they'll call it a blockchain it'll be fake as shit it won't be real and it won't have a real store of value. But what it will do is allow them to make a bunch of shitty laws that will make whatever. But it doesn't fucking matter because that stuff already exists. Yeah. If they shut down the Internet, there's mesh networks like you. They let the genie out of the bottle. And yeah. the last couple of years, we've seen them. Try to fucking cram it back in there, man. But it really is ghost doesn't want to go. Guns. Ghost guns. It doesn't want to go, man. And the narrative is collapsing. The harder they push narratives, the harder they, the faster they get. They get debunked by retards, by people who <laughs> proudly call themselves autists on anonymous websites. People who call themselves plain fags track things for the sheer joy of it because that's how their brain works. And the, no matter how many trillions of dollars they print and throw at propaganda and legalize it, those, those dudes are still going to be there and they're yeah. still going to be debunking a narrative. What, you know, what are you going to do? Just try to be self-sufficient, learn some fucking skills, yeah. learn a trade, learn three trades. Well, and that's, that's kind of one of the things that's frustrated me the most personally is I was lied to yeah. my whole life. Yeah that I needed to go to college, that I needed to do this, I needed to do that, when I should have learned how to weld, when I should have learned how to do these different things. That I, I knew a guy who was 69-ish, nice, um, who was a plumber. And he, he would bring in for 
four to seven hundred dollars a day doing a day and and you know i have a college degree and i'm scraping by because i bought their bullshit Mm -hmm. because and 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 you, you mentioned the constitution and it's like there are some good parts of the Constitution. Like I, I, I've, I don't know if I've argued with Monica about this on the propaganda report, but I've made my my view known that the the Bill of Rights was kind of a mistake mm. because most people read the Bill of Rights as this idea that these are my rights and these are the rights that I have and they've been codified by the government, yeah, rather no, than realizing, yeah. And so it's like there's some good things that came from the Constitution in a sense. But it came with the biggest lie that we've been told in our entire lives, which is we the people. Mm. We are not the government. But if we never that's will be. the rules, if that's the rules that we're all playing under, then that's the rules we all fucking play under. But it's not. It's the but, problem. <laughs> but they only have the right to rule us when they rule us right. Mass, well, they, recall, we it, yeah. mass recall should be on every ballot and every time a new legislator gets voted in they should every new session all laws should be immediately scrapped maybe there's a purge couple of weeks that maybe they'll just get their job done if there's a purge situation while they have to rewrite all the new laws <laughs> for this session that's not you know? going to happen though unless the people who are fighting with each other realize that they have to direct their energies upward and that's right now, why the we the people lie is so insidious this, because this, they've been told that they are the government. The social culture war that we're in right now is keeping so-called lefties and so-called right-wingers from actually directing any of the energy that should be directed at the government from going in that direction. Where and is the anti-war left over the past 10 fucking years? Are you kidding me? Where is anybody on anything? They're all pointing at each other. Everybody's pointing at each other instead of upward, up at the even, system. Even oh, the so-called libertarians mm -hmm. are bolstering this anti-Russian propaganda right now. No I'm Russian ever saying. called me Latinx. <laughs> but that's the thing like that's what's beautiful about the the group chat that we're in these friendships that we've created that transcend Twitter is we latched like we're not all degenerates even though we call ourselves that we're not all <laughs> these these terrible people or the fed posting with some of us is tongue-in-cheek but we found the humanity and the humanity was found in humor the yeah. humanity was found in mocking yeah. the system and mocking the people who hold us down and that to me is beautiful i think that we've got there there are little pockets of humanity that are still human mm -hmm. and if we can build those pockets if we can share what we've done or what we're trying to do to people who are receptive to what we are and who we are and what we and i think that if you if you want people to be receptive to who you are you have to be a person worth following a person worth listening to and for me uh, an almond far farmer in california is a person like that for me Thanks, a, a a housewife orthodox christian in georgia is is some someone like that don't follow me me don't, <laughs> I don't know where me. i'm going <laughs> don't follow me i'm retarded but <laughs> but i think it's beautiful that 
the internet and social media, despite its drawbacks, makes it so that we can outpace the official narrative yeah. very yeah. easily. Yeah. That's beautiful. It is kind um, of wild that a bunch of uh, R words on Twitter <laughs> with memes brought down the COVID narrative. <laughs> I can't say I know. It's not like you're pointing and be like, there's one over there. It's not what we mean by that. But like, I don't know. I just <laughs> Are you guys enjoying World War Three? How is it's, it that every time there's just this hint of war, it's always World War Three? No, it's Cameron, almost like no, the History Channel. No, we're in and, it. No, we're but, in but, it. No, no but we're listen, in is it. Is it with but, each other? people is think it, about it, is it with people, each other? This war isn't. It's information. Fought with it's an bombs. information yeah, war. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah but yeah. what I'm saying is, anytime someone mentions war, like physical war in any way, it's automatically World War Three, just like World War Two, just like World War One. No. Because well, of the History Channel, because of how we're taught about Hitler, how we're taught about this, that, and the other, it's it's kind of dumb. Like yes. we've been in World War Three, but it's all it's been an information war. I'll be right back. I'm sorry. <laughs> I would posit that I was born in a country that twenty plus years before I was born was the last time that country didn't fire a gun in another country's border, and I would posit. That if I lived in a country that had been shooting inside other countries' borders until now, starting, let's see, I'm 45, 20 plus, let's call it 65 fucking years of shooting inside other countries' borders, I would say that we have literally been in World War III. And we have only in the last couple years seen the deleterious effects of what is now legalized propaganda and mind control programs. Yeah. I there how many mainstream media people interned for a summer at the CIA? How many Department of Transportation heads had an in, had an interview that oh I guess I failed at the CIA and then went to the Middle East and then got a bunch of super weird posts and was like randomly random and then just kind of went home and was quiet and was a mayor there the world is full of created people who can be called upon by the powers that be to fill a role. And they have already proven themselves through one deed or another. It's totally my belief. Totally just whip speaking. Dumb farmer with a GED. Don't listen to me. I don't know shit. <laughs> However, um, standing in the middle of an orchard, listening to, to fucking stats for hours and hours and hours in headphones can allow one to kind of see trends you see yeah. you know you can just people we see we we recognize patterns and data and like i'm not alone in doing this i you know i didn't think these things up but people can put facts out and i can go okay there's a fact and there's a fact and there's a fact well what's occam's razor okay well hmm. and then like you think about like oh hanlon's razor Okay, so whatever you can attribute to, uh, you should probably not attribute to malice, whatever you could attribute to uh, incompetence or stupidity, right? But isn't that maybe sort of a gaslight? No, I like think if I'm I, trained I think to believe right. that. I think you're right, because I think in, this is the conversation that I've had with people who've worked for the government at different levels, and they'll go, no, 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 you don't understand. 
these people are incompetent. These people are blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, you didn't transcend that level. You saw the planned incompetence in obsolescence. Mm-hmm. You saw the things that you were supposed to see. There are people above the true believers and above the people who will do whatever they're told because they believe in the narrative that are crafting the narrative. Yep. 100%. Those people, no, uh, they are. They exist. And, 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 and I will say, I would, I think that there is something to be said about trusting the farmer with a GED or the trucker with a GED or the anyone with just a um, high school diploma. I'm not saying that there aren't people who go beyond that who are very smart and do very good things, but it seems to me that the more um, the more education, quote unquote, that I received, the more I had to deprogram myself from the official narrative. Mm-hmm. And if I think that there is something to the innocence and the common sense of someone who hasn't had to deprogram themselves from people who are specifically trying to make them believe what they're telling them. I don't like people telling me what to do. And it's nobody's fucking business if I do. Yeah. And it's nobody's business if you do or Jess does or anyone listening does. It's none of our business what other people do. Like, fucking period, man. It's not rocket science. Yeah. Well, we are, we've are we hit two hours, which is kind of our m- uh, more official cutoff for the show <laughs> because most people don't listen past that. Um, sure. So I have to ask you the the question that we ask everyone, which, you know, we, we talked about fun stuff. We talked about sex spoons. We talked about all sorts of different things. But right now... As an almond far- farmer out in California, you said it. You said the thing. Almond I'm rancher. Uh, <laughs> um, I will say almond till I die. Mm-hmm. I also say mm-hmm. pecan. I am from the south. That is how it is said. Uh, but what in this world? Wait a personal... minute. Do you mean pecan? No, I don't. <laughs> what? <laughs> what in this world? Be it personal local, global, etc., brings you hope? What's something that makes you want to carry on and motivates you to do the work you're doing uh, outside of, obviously, the official narratives? What gives you hope? I have a son. Yeah. And that's it. There's, there could be countless other things that I could say that would seem deep and esoteric, but I have a son. And as someone who came real close to hitting bottom before my son was born, pulled it together for a bit, and then lost my shit and hit my fucking bottom. The fact that there is a little person in the world who I am responsible for is my white pill. Like, yeah, I get the chance. I got the blessing to go, hey, little dude, God put a paradise here. And we were granted the opportunity for our consciousness to come down and inhabit this body. And I don't need to say any more than that. It's just the greatest thing. Well, and it's you're in a special place as well, because if you look at Christianity, if you look at the writings of 
the New Testament and the Old, it all points to Genesis. It all points to this this beauty of creation where God gave us the power, the right, the authority to take dominion over the earth and to cultivate the ground and to make it beautiful. And you're a farmer. You are through the work of your hands, through the work of your body, your mind, everything about you, you take the earth and create something that tastes beautiful out of it and share it with the world. And that is cool to me. You are doing something that I can't do at this moment that yeah. we're all in a sense made to do. And so I respect yeah. that more than you know. And it, it seems like there's a lot of pandering towards truckers and, and farmers and all of that. But I think that some of that, um, especially government pandering, comes from this tr this realization that we have a job to do and that this earth is beautiful and something that was given to us to cultivate and to love and to, to cherish. And uh, I think it's beautiful that you do that. Uh, Thanks, buddy. So uh, beyond that, I have enjoyed talking to you. Like I told you when we started this, I didn't have any plans except to talk to you because I, you're just one of the people that, for one, is just the one of the most down-to-earth people that I know. But beyond that, I think you have some belief in us and what we do and what we're trying mm -hmm. to do. Sure. And it's it, it touches us. Um, but if people are interested in seeing what you do and seeing you point at things with a cigarette between your fingers, um, <laughs> they can follow you on Twitter at unwhipped spoon. Mm -hmm. There was a secret phrase earlier. If you haven't messaged him yet, you're stupid, but you can get two free NFTs. If you DM him at unwhipped spoon on, on, not on Tinder, on Twitter, not and on Tinder anymore, buddy. I found one. <laughs> <laughs> but you can do that and you can you can start your nft collection if you haven't already um but beyond that uh thank you for coming on uh you're one of my favorite people and i'm glad i got yeah. to spend two hours talking to you fucking dead can likewise <laughs> likewise chess nice to finally talk with you yeah man i had a lot of fun talking to you today i hope we do it again right soon on. yeah likewise and likewise and so you can jump off if you'd like, but I've got to tell the rest of the people what's coming up. Do your thing. Uh, so this month, February, we're officially moving into February. This is the last of January. We're going to start in this next month with Stephen Ignoramus, a friend of Jessica's and a friend of the show. And we're just going to chat. It's also, he is just an interesting person who pushes boundaries, who looks at things differently. It's going to be a fun conversation. After that, our, our very good friend and um, the love of my life, Brad Binkley, will join us on February 9th for a Valentine's Love Fest. Um, after that, we're going to welcome back Troy Frazier from Re Revived Thoughts to talk about St. Valentine and where the holiday of Valentine's Day came from and not in the cynical way of, oh, it's a Hallmark holiday. We're going to talk about a saint. It'll be fun. And then finally, to cap off um, Black History Month, as well as Love Month, as it were, we're going to have Nick and Lizzie Picone from Misfit Family come on. They have had a, uh, being a biracial couple, they've had a very interesting 
life and they've had a very interesting connection that a lot of people don't get to see inside of. And so we're going to kind of mm -hmm. talk about that and see what that's like. Um, beyond that, if you want to support us, we do appreciate it. The best way to do it, patreon.com slash the mad ones. Uh, when I am, uh, I put it in my calendar this time because I'm stupid and sometimes I forget things. Uh, but we're going to do a Zoom a Zoom hangout and probably play some games February 1st. If you want to join us, patreon.com slash the mad ones. If you want a shirt, a mug, or a tank, tanks are the best. Uh, we are the mad ones.com slash store. I'm on Twitter at Cam Harless. Jessica's on Twitter at Soup Canarchist. For now, it may change. We'll see. Um, and then we also are, if you want to watch on video, if you're listening, you can watch on YouTube live every Wednesday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern time. That's going to be on YouTube, Rockfin, and Odyssey. Uh, beyond that, we do a Bible study as well. So if you're interested in reading through Acts or whichever book we go to next, uh, send me a message on Twitter and you can join us. I think that that's all we've got. Got anything else to say to, to the these very fine people before we go, Whip or Jessica? Hey, uh, yeah. Um, really, just find something to connect with people. Find that one thing. Yeah. Start with your neighbors, but uh, especially realize that you know people online are people too, and um, usually a kind word and a, a a thoughtful comment go a really long way. Yeah, awesome. Well, like I said, thank you for coming on, and for the rest of you wonderful people who follow us. Uh, you have a chance to be a light in the world, so uh, go light it up. Yeah.